0: Welcome to our next adventure with Kimology411, a podcast of anything and... What is Tyson doing now? Kim! Quick! Get in! Hey, Tyson! You better back up! What exactly are our plans? Plans?
1: Where we're going, we don't need any plans. <laughs>
0: It's an excursion
1: on Chemology 411.
0: <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday at 2 with Chemology 411. Today, my guest is Ryan Wenrick. Ryan works with buying and selling businesses, coming in and helping you navigate maybe the future of your business. And with what we're going through right now, um, sometimes um, it is not that easy to navigate through the waters because we've kind of been through this COVID stuff. And so Ryan is here to kind of talk to you a little bit about your options and we're kind of focusing on restaurants. So that's why we're in here. Welcome to the show, Ryan.
1: Thank you very much for having me, and you just, you got my name right the first try. I know that was a struggle, so don't feel too bad. You're not the only one to, to struggle with that one.
0: I know, I, I, you know, that's the biggest thing. You think you have it, and then you don't. I, yeah, it, I even when I, when I have, I had one of my guests and he is not from here. And so his name is foreign. And so he told it to me and I like repeated it five times. And then when I went live, I said it and I went, I don't think that was right.
1: You did much better than I anticipated. I uh, (laughs) I had it going much worse in my head. So,
0: Well, that's awesome. (laughs) All right. So, so tell, oh, and by the way, I apologize for the noises in the background. I have new windows and siding putting on my office today. And so we're just going to go through it. So I apologize for all of that. Um, but my house is going to look really nice after, after this is all done. So anyway, okay. So Ryan, tell, um, my fans and my fellow restaurant owners exactly kind of a little bit about your, your past history, um, in the restaurant field.
1: Um, so I've been in, uh, restaurants for a couple, couple of decades, basic couple of decades, basically, um, bought my first restaurant, uh, bought in with my family when I was about 24 years old um, with my brother. And we expanded to 10 restaurants over the course of uh, 15 years or so Um, was in them for about 18 years. And then most recently sold most closed some. Um, Of course, with that long of a restaurant career, you experience all sorts of ups and downs and it's, uh, it's never just smooth sailing. So hopefully if it's, um, If it involves a restaurant, I've seen it and either worked through it or (laughs) had the same panics as everyone else.
0: Um, Right.
1: But uh, most recently, like I said, I've sold or closed the majority of them. um, And I'm currently working as a broker, business broker in the Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka area. So I'm specializing in restaurants, hospitality, um, similar businesses, um, helping business owners right now navigate these strange waters whether it is a matter of uh, streamlining current operations um, you know finding some pitfalls that you may not be aware of a lot of times I know we get we get stuck in our four walls of our restaurant and it doesn't hurt to have you know a critical eye that can step back and see you know if what you're doing truly is most effective for your operation um, but right now um, there are a lot of Uh, a lot of restaurant owners that are, um, buying more restaurants. There's a lot that are selling restaurants. So overall, there's just a lot of transactions in that space because many, uh, many restaurants are using this as an opportunity, knowing that there's going to be some attrition in the market because of COVID and other situations. And so they're really doubling down on their efforts and expanding and streamlining their processes and preparing for what, um, restaurant model will look like in the future. And then other restaurant owners, um, you know, and I can completely um, understand this. Others, uh, the restaurants are so difficult anyway, sometimes COVID, this is just the last straw and it's, it's time to get out. So the combination of those two factors, you know, whether you're buying or selling or just looking for um, how you need to change to navigate the current climate, there's just a lot of activity within restaurants.
0: So we, we spoke about, we've talked about COVID and in my other podcast, if you've ever listened to it, I, I, I've said since probably May, I totally believe that one of the new structures is going to be what I call the essential store. And it probably will be just called the essential store, meaning that anything and everything in Granted there. Branded by but, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> hey, does anybody wanna do it? If you've got <laughs> money out there, I'd gladly give you my idea. I don't want one, but um, when I vision it, drive-through, but I vision it as three separate stores because you've got your alcohol, essential, and then you've got your food, the carry out, the drive-through, so there's no really dine-in area part. And then all of the masks and the different things that people were doing in the middle part, but it also can be bought at any time of the year. Like it's not just for this time of thing. And so when we were talking about it before, um, before we started the show, you also had your idea of how some businesses, you know, are going to be kind of evolving. Can you give us a little bit about what you were talking about that?
1: Uh, yeah, I hadn't really thought in terms of the essential store that you described, but I could I could see it going um, that way or something similar. I Where I think restaurants specifically are going to evolve is obviously everyone knows that drive-through is going to become critical for most restaurants, um, or at least a good curbside service or delivery infrastructure. You know, Even before, before COVID, um, consumers were demanding much more uh, just-in-time options, much more convenience, and they're willing to pay the price for it. So COVID just um, exacerbated that demand there and kind of sped things along a little bit. But I think where we're going to really see the change in the, the restaurants that are going to be able to survive are going to be the ones that um, are able to make better use of their their actual footprints, particularly the dining space. You know, The dining rooms in our restaurants are only used for two meal periods a day most of the time. So there are a lot of square footage that's unused the majority of the day. The ones that are we're going to see really thrive through this are going to be the ones that either have the drive-through or they have that versatile indoor-outdoor space that feels safer, maybe a dining space that can also be used um, for other types of activities, whether it's a temporary market or yoga or anything else besides just the single use of dining. Um, and it may be a combination of all of those things, but there's, um, it's certainly going to be an indoor-outdoor design a smaller footprint, better use of the lobby space, um, and more convenience for the consumers. You know, certainly some restaurant concepts are positioned much better to be able to um, adapt to those changes. It's, it's going to get to be, I think, a bit of a challenge for some of the, the sit-down restaurants that were 100% dependent on sit-down dining. We're going to need to talk through some ways to get pretty creative with that.
0: I, I've I've been going out. I don't eat out a lot when I'm in Topeka, but when I just got back from my trip, and all the restaurants that we went to, they had they had socially distanced the tables, or they had the signs that said didn't, but they were pretty packed. Like mm-hmm. there were people there, which I was I was excited to see that people are starting to get back out, um, yep. and you could see the way the restaurant had to redevelop. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> it's like because it wasn't designed for this. But it, it worked. And if you understood what was going on, so I believe in the future when they're designing this, they're gonna keep in the back of their head, okay, you know, we can do it this way, but we need to make sure that the bar has six feet. Like it's not like a bar that's only like the five foot or the three feet or whatever bar. We need but, to make it a little longer that way we can put the tables down over here and put the stools and then you have more space on the bar and I could, to- I could totally see all that.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, there's when you go into a restaurant right now, a lot of them are looking like they're packed. And it is encouraging, I think. Um, talk to the owners, and the majority of them would say that they're still down a little bit in volume, even if it feels packed from what, right. you know, what we've gotten used to since March or April. Um, overall, year over year, they're still down. The exception that I've found so far are some of those that have a drive-through. And I've mm-hmm. talked to a ton of businesses that were maybe 10 to 20% dependent on their drive through before and now they're up to 70% or so dependent on their drive through and their overall volume is actually up and that's with less labor because you right. you basically only have to worry about the drive through so there are some businesses that are absolutely thriving through this
0: right um, and there might be- there's,
1: there's a ton out there with those large dining areas that those are the ones we're finding are increasingly challenging to retrofit to right. what they need to do.
0: It's kind of hard for like a steakhouse when it's supposed to be a romantic night out dinner to throw it into a styrofoam container and <laughs> send it home <laughs> like it's you know like they do have to kind of think and I think some of them have done it and a lot of them when we were down in Kentucky they didn't even have the dining room area open and mm. I think for that same point that they they're to conserve money they're, they're getting just as many people through the drive-through. We, mm-hmm. went, we drove by Dairy Queen and Dairy Queen was like, it was like when Popeye's Chicken opened up in Topeka and they had police officers. Dairy right. Queen down in Louisville had a police officer and there was probably 20 cars that was in the main street in line to go through the Dairy Queen drive through
1: Sounds like and- Krispy Kreme He's- when it opened in Denver when I lived out there, so <laughs> it was remarkable. It was- and now there's, uh, besides the drive through um, if cities will allow it, we've seen some very creative options for those um, traditionally dine-in establishments. Um, I don't know if you've been to Lawrence recently, but what's been allowed on Mass Street is pretty remarkable.
0: I saw that, Just I saw that.
1: They've taken over parking spaces. Businesses have built even uh, temporary and semi-permanent platforms, um, pergolas um, over their outdoor space, decorated with flowers and lights, and it becomes an outdoor space for them. I think it's going to get pretty interesting as winter comes along, but it's, it's worked so far. The ones I've spoken with in Lawrence um, are still down overall if they didn't have a drive-through, but right. you know, they're, make, they're trying to make do.
0: Right. Okay. So if someone through COVID and stuff like that, if they're finding that they don't believe they're not being profitable, is that something that you could help them with? Like, are there options out there for them to, that you have? Uh,
1: There's always, there's always options. Um, And that's a, um, sometimes that's a difficult thing to see, especially if you're working 12 hours a day in a restaurant that's not profitable. It can get to where it's extremely frustrating to work long hours and not make any money at it. In fact, have to pump money into your business. Um, I think that's when it becomes increasingly important to force yourself to take some time and step away and figure out what the biggest levers are that you can pull that can either decrease your losses or even get you to a break even or profitability or consciously make the right business decision to close the doors or sell cheap, if necessary. Um, a lot of times it, it becomes more about the, the lifestyle and, you know, what do you want out of your life? And if there's truly no light at the end of the tunnel there, you know, that's a, that's a difficult thing to even see that. And that's where you need an extra party, uh, a third party to come in and, and help really take a look at it. And so many times there are simple things that are being overlooked because you're, you're so focused on taking care of your guests or serving a high quality product or whatever it might be that you don't realize your electric bill is three times what it should have been, or your employees are stealing from you. So it, it becomes exceptionally important to have someone else take a look at your business, help you determine the course of action. So there's always options as far as selling and getting to that type of option. If you're to the point that you're not profitable, Even there, there are options because there are ways to, they may not be the best options, but we can at least examine what those options are so we can consciously make a decision to move forward in the right direction. That business may, um, there may be benefits to that owner that um, they're not taking into account. For instance, if they're paying any personal utilities or for a vehicle or phone or anything, any of those type of owner benefits can be put into a price. And oftentimes what we're finding right now is um, with people that were uh, laid off from jobs, particularly restaurant jobs, now is the time that they're interested in basically buying themselves a job. So the restaurant, you know, a typical way to value any business or a restaurant would be based on a multiple of the earnings. If those aren't there, then we change our strategy and we try to, Maybe specifically target someone that may have been a little bit higher up in the restaurant industry was laid off, and they would come in and want to buy themselves a job because they can't replace their job otherwise. So right. it can still be valuable to the right buyer, and that's um, that's where my job comes in is to really Hold on just a those second, yes. those buyers.
0: Oh, never mind. I thought I said I thought I said, ma'am. Go ahead. Well, I, what I can say one thing is with when it comes to profitability, what I found through this whole time is that a lot of businesses did not have someone doing their accounting for them. Right. <laughs> and so my clientele grew because I'm telling people, did you do this? Did you do this? Or my clients got this credit and this credit and they're like, how did you do that? I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you need this report some of these businesses don't even don't even know what a prof what like don't even pay attention to their profit and losses and I have a lot of them that you know just kind of like goes through the day and then I have some that are you know like they they know every month what we're doing why is this number this you know this number's wrong and those are the people that are really into it and I and and is that something that you guys help out with not with the accounting part but understanding
1: well yeah absolutely I mean the first step a lot of times is just getting the accounting processes in place. You have to know what you're looking at. And you're right that especially with a smaller business, um, where, where the owner is running it, um, and is wrapped up in the day to day, oftentimes they're just living off of living out of the bank account. You know, they're, if there's money in the bank account, they're doing well. If there's no money, they're not doing well. And so you really have to get a, some semblance of a P and L and a balance sheet put together. And then from there it's, easy to identify what the biggest levers are that we can pull. But without that, it's all a shot in the dark. So yeah, that's a, that's always a first step is to get accurate up to date financials. And if the, um, you know, if they, if they don't have the accountant to do that, we have a whole list of accountants that can assist with that and we can refer them in the right direction, yourself included, (laughs) (laughs) whether you like it or not.
0: Yes. (laughs) Hey, I, I am just. I was just shocked at how many new clients I had at this time, and I've only had. Well, our businesses, our businesses closed down because we're a salad bar. But I only have one business that's a bar that is still closed. Everybody else has continued working,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: doing their normal stuff, constructions, flooring, and all that kind of stuff. So I was very lucky. But those people are the ones that did not have accounting. They were just paying their bills and really didn't know what was going on. And um, so I've been taking them over and I I have three new businesses that are getting ready to open up because they are seeing the potential. People are, you know, people are wanting to get out of this and Mm -hmm. they need fresh eyes. And so if you want to get out of it, then you can help them find someone else with fresh eyes. But if they want to stay in it, you can be the fresh eyes that can possibly help them do better or, you know, get back on track.
1: Well, exactly. And that's um, that's the crux of what I'm doing here and what I want to do is just with the experience I have with my past uh, restaurants and other businesses, um, I'm hoping to be able to help biz- existing businesses either streamline their operations or figure out where they stand, or if we determine the right course of action is to sell, help them sell and pair them up with the right buyers. If the right course of action is to double down and they're doing well and they want to take advantage of this situation and expand their footprint and have a network of um, developers and um, you know other restaurant um, other restaurant owners that are interested in selling there may be the right way to marry that up but we're the the largest business brokerage in the midwest so we have a uh, just a, a tremendous database of buyers and sellers so if someone's interested in selling their business I can find a buyer. If someone wants to be on the other side of that, I'm I'm sure I can find a seller right now. So, and if neither of those pieces of the equation make sense, then I would love to help and just take a look at the businesses to see if there's any way I can help.
0: So is there a cost if so, you know, we've got almost close to a hundred owners in here that we're talking into the restaurant group that I have. Is there a cost to have you come in and just meet with you to talk, just to kind of, to know a little bit more.
1: Might cost a cup of coffee. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I would gladly provide any type of uh, free consultation and uh, just discussion to start to um, figure out where the business is and figure out where, the, where your um, viewers want to go with it and where they should go with it. I gladly do that for free. Once we get into um, actual transactions, whether it be buying or selling, there's a, It's a, I mean, it's a brokerage, so there's a percentage of the sale, and that varies depending on the value of the business, and we don't need to go into that. Everything would be, you know, yeah. it's negotiable hard. depending on the value, but just to meet, to talk, and see if there's any way I can help, that's, I'm glad to do it. Love doing that.
0: And what I like about it is, and this is why I took on restaurants, is because we've had a restaurant since 2002, and I dealt with a lot of different restaurants. But to have it personal, to go through all of the different things, we've had a fire, we've had construction that destroyed our building, Mm -hmm. we've had um, just like all these different things that we've had to go through. And I think with with your past, knowing – you can, you look at it. If You've got some guy coming in, never owned a business in his life, trying to tell a business owner how to do it. You can't talk our language.
1: <laughs> right. No, and restaurants are a very specific language. I'd always heard that um, you can go from restaurants to any other type of retail business, but you cannot go from another retail business into restaurants.
0: No, I, no. We,
1: we, it's we, a whole nother world, and and we all know it. Yeah. Um,
0: We're, yeah it, you're re- crazy. Restaurants
1: happen. We're, There's nothing... that I haven't experienced in restaurants.
0: (laughs) And that, and to me, that's what helps myself and you to be able to help other people. And that's why I have this group. And that's why I'm hoping that when you're watching this video, um, that you reach out to Ryan and um, at least just meet with him and just to talk kind of things, to kind of talk about it. Because honestly, I think right now we, you, when we had our restaurant, my brother just sat in there and he didn't do anything. He thought he had to be the Lord of the Register Operator. He had to run the register and I would say, go here. Nope, 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 nope. And I always ask people, are you an entrepreneur or are you you just a business owner? Are you just an employee to yourself? Because Mm -hmm. there's different levels of that. And a lot of us think that we're entrepreneurs, but we're really not entrepreneurs. We actually just open up a business and we go work for ourselves and we never really do the fun part of it. And so right. I honestly I just highly recommend that everyone get a hold of Ryan just just to talk to him and express kind of what your concerns are and he probably and if he can't help you, he knows someone that can. That's the kind of the cool thing. You can you can help well, him out.
1: Exactly. And, you know, within my firm here, we've got 15 other brokers. So if there's something I don't have the answer to, we've got 15 others that are, are anxious to help out as well. Um, right. Either on the buy or sell side or just on the advice side, it's, you know, we can, we can help. And and Kim, you kind of hit it on the head with the fact that some people um, do consider themselves entrepreneurs, but really they've, they've bought themselves a job. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, am fine with that as well. What I'm a big advocate of is that whatever people are doing, they're aware of what they're doing and they're doing it intentionally. So if they know the position that they're in and they know that their business um, falls apart, if they're not there and they're okay with that and they have bought themselves a job and it's continuing to do well because they're in it, and they're all right with that, and they're all right with the trajectory of where it's going, I'm fine with that. If they are, if a person is interested in taking a hard look of what it's going to take to scale up to allow themselves to pull away and take on that more business owner entrepreneurial type of role, then we start to look at what systems truly need to be in place to allow for that. And that's the direction we take. And there's a cost associated with doing that. So not everyone wants to do that. Right. What I am not okay with and what I try to help coach people through is, uh, is not even understanding where they're at and what their right. position is or what type of business they own. They just go to work and if you really drill down into it, they're not even sure if they're going to get paid that day. Right. So I help people um, understand where they're at and also get intentional about where they
0: want to go. So if someone, someone is thinking about closing the business, how do you, can you help them figure out what the worth is? I know that I talked to a couple different people and they, they're wanting to close and I think they think their own, the only alternative is to have someone come in and auction their stuff off and just call it good and move on. Is that, is that something you can also help them with?
1: Um, Yeah, you were asking if um, I can help someone analyze whether or not. Closing is the best decision, essentially. Uh-huh. Um, certainly, um, a lot of times it is as simple as a math problem. You know, what is going to be the best route forward? But even if it truly is determined that closing is the best option, um, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. There's there's um, ways to minimize the risk, minimize the um, uh I don't know the, the trouble associated with closing, um, you know, there's going to be costs associated with that sometimes ongoing costs if there's a a lease in place or a franchise agreement. So to just close up the doors and, um, hope for the best is rarely the right answer. You know, we, if, if we truly determine that closing is the best of a bunch of bad possible solutions, even with that, there's a right way to do it. It's, there's a right way to take contact a franchise or ahead of time and you know, mitigate some of the damage, work with a landlord to mitigate some damage or get someone else in there. Right. Um, even if it went as far as a bankruptcy, not that I'm an attorney and certainly can't speak to this, but there are ways to um, mitigate the damage there and make sure the right assets are protected prior to um so it would be a very rare situation that the best answer truly is to just lock the doors and walk away without any type of planning so if that is it then i can at least help plan for it
0: well and and i also i always tell people don't just assume for the worst and just think that there's just no other options out there. And that's where you come in for if they're contemplating this, instead of just going to bed every night thinking, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And keeping themselves up. And that what I, what I always get is people just kind of like, well, this could happen and this could happen, or you could just ask somebody and they'll tell you what's going to happen. We don't need to do the what if game. So if if there's a, if there's, if you're thinking about, you know, closing down or selling, um, Definitely bring someone in that can help you with that. Now, let's say that you decide to sell, like how long, what's the process of a person that wants to sell their business?
1: Um, it's hard to say right now because a typical sales cycle for a business, whether it be a restaurant or manufacturing company, anyone, typical, typically a business takes you know, 12 to 18 months to sell. I mean, there's a lot of um, search there's a lot of financial preparation um, not to mention the training of the new owner once a deal is finally reached so it does take some time that said i feel like right now well it could go either way um i suppose because of covid people could have some trepidation about buying a restaurant but on the other hand i'm seeing a lot of volume with the restaurants so you know, the fact that, like I said earlier, that some buyers, there are more buyers out there right now, and there are also other concepts that are trying to double their efforts right now. So those things could cause that sales cycle to be much faster than normal. So it's hard to, it's hard to say until we get into it. My, my gut tells me that they're, you know, for the, the right buyer, you know, paired up with a restaurant at the right price is going to go quicker now than it would normally, simply because there are more transactions happening right now. Um, So I, I don't know for sure how long it would take, but if it's something that anyone is considering um, we should start taking a look at, look at it soon. It's certainly longer than selling a house. You know, I can't, I can't take your business and just plant a sign in the front yard and (laughs) wait for a buyer to come along and, you know, call me on it. Um, You know, there are, significant, um, you know, confidentiality pieces that we need to honor. You know, anyone that's selling their business doesn't want their employees to know, they don't want their vendors to know, don't want the competition to know. So being able to market that without disclosing what the business is, does take a bit of time. Um, That said, we, we may already have the buyer and then it's just a matter of confidentially pairing up the buyer with the seller you know, we have buyers that are ready to go. So once the right business is there at the right price, it could go much quicker than that 12 to 18 months.
0: Well, and you also have, so you also can break a business down into sections because there are, there's the lease, but there's also the intellectual property, the customers, there's the recipes, there's, a, there's the equipment, there's different parts of the business that You know, if you've got like a a huge database, that's got value to it. It's like, Mm -hmm. so, you know, like people that you've got recipes that have been on TV shows that are famous, I mean, there's a value to that kind of stuff. So when a business owner is going in and wanting to close down, they should have someone come in to value it so they can let people know, like, you know, you've got this database of 45,000 customers with their mailing addresses and their emails and all that stuff. That has, there, there could be a value into that. And, and I don't think as a business owner, they don't really think about the intellectual property and all of that kind of stuff. But is that something that you come in and kind of educate them on of the, the, on the- I
1: can certainly help educate um, someone on, on what the different pieces are and what the value might be of those different pieces. Um, it would be a, it would be a tougher sell with what I'm doing specifically to sell, say a customer list. Um, I would, I certainly have the resources here in the office to poke around and, you know, I would, it would require a targeted search for businesses that we think might benefit from that customer list or might benefit from that equipment. Um, And so you know, parceling off different pieces of a business really isn't my sweet spot, but at the same time, like I said, I am happy to come in and, you know, help an owner see what pieces might be valuable. Right. Um, it's always a much simpler transaction if we can just sell a sell, business,
0: sell the business. Yeah. But, uh,
1: but it, yeah, it is, it does sometimes take that uh, extra set of eyes to see if there is any value there. Um, and I'm, and I'm happy to do that. Um, you know, as part of our consultation.
0: Awesome. All right. So how does um, a business owner contact you?
1: Um, email uh, is probably easiest. Just rwenrick at kcapex.com. That's R-W-E-N-R-I-C-H at com. Or um, I'm always available by phone. My um, office number, which I never remember, <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> or my cell, which is 785-554-6113. I don't know if there's a good way to have a business card on the screen, but it'll have all of that information.
0: Oh, yeah, that's perfect. So they can look at that. So there's the information right there. Nope, it's perfect. It looks good. Okay. So there's the information right there. If anybody wants to um, reach out to Ryan, this isn't this isn't saying that you have to sell. This isn't anything like that. Basically, it's just becoming and starting a conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, no obligation whatsoever. And um, I realize that most people are not ready to sell. I would rather work with um, business owners and streamline processes, get their business running appropriately, you know, to meet their goals for the next year, two years, 10 years. And then if it makes sense to sell sometime down the road, because we've got everything humming perfectly, let's do that. Because I'm going to work with someone and I'll be honest and let them let you know, if I were you, I would not sell right now. Right. If if your best option is to sell right now, then I'm, I'm going to tell you that, but here's the areas that we need to fix to, in order to get you the highest value for your business. So, um, yeah, glad to talk to anyone, no obligation, and uh, you know, I love doing it.
0: Well, and it's like, so if you're trying to sell your house, and then you wait to the last minute, and then the inspection comes in, and you've got all this stuff that you have to fix. First of all, you've lived in the house with all this broken stuff. Mm-hmm. You should have already had it fixed. You really should be thinking about you know the future, whether you want to expand to a second location, And you can't just wake up one morning and go, somebody says, hey, I've got this great location for you over here. It's going to take you longer than that location is going to be available to sign a lease on for you to get your other business to the point where you could just move it over to another location or expand. So it's very smart. It's very smart to already just have it done. Why not live in the awesome house?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly (laughs) right. People fix up their house in time to sell it and let's let's get it fixed up now and if you decide to sell great if you decide you've got a great business that's just humming along because we fixed a few things then you know even better
0: that's awesome well thank you so much for joining us for our tuesday at two and hopefully someone will reach out um i will explain it in there a little bit more about what it is in the description and then they do normally watch it you'll also be on kimology 411 so you'll be a podcast Episode um, on my Tuesday at two over there on Anchor, and then you'll be in my group Kimology four one one on Facebook. So this will go. This will go everywhere. So if you are watching this and you are anywhere in the United States, can they contact you?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm. uh, You know, obviously, I'm in the Midwest here in Topeka and Kansas City, Lawrence, but I'm working with clients on the coasts and uh, one international, actually, right now. So. Um, I'm available to help anywhere, and if it's if it is, out, if your business is outside of my expertise or something I'm comfortable tackling, like I said, we have a team of you know over a dozen people here, so there is not a business or an industry that we cannot assist with. Um, and if necessary, we will partner with um, you know brokers in other areas to make sure we have the right network to get it sold at the right price. So there's nowhere within the States that we can't assist with.
0: And you guys will do any, you're not just, we we were talking restaurants because this was in the restaurant group, but now normally we would have just left the restaurant. We would just be talking freely. So you can broker, you can work with almost any type of business. What are the other ones besides restaurants?
1: Oh God, name it. I mean, (laughs) there's, there's not a, like I said, there's truly not an industry that, um, we don't have our hands in. Um, some of the more popular ones right now, um, are, um, um, manufacturing, um, cleaning services, um, you know, industrial cleaning. I mean, obviously with COVID, you know, commercial cleaning companies are just selling like crazy. Um, some more recession proof real estate is very hot, whether that be mobile home parks or storage facilities. Um, Gosh, even uh, even farmland. You know, there's uh, a lot of farmland that's uh, moving. We've got a number of um, propane companies and petroleum companies that are that are going right now. So there's there's truly not an industry out there. Um, personally, I'm currently focusing on hospitality industry, right. but um, but it's certainly not limited to that. So.
0: Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining me for another episode. And I'm going to end off telling everyone make sure to keep taking all of your adventures, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye bye.
1: Thanks, Ryan.